If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Talking Ball. I'm Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers, joined by fellow Lifetime Longhorn C.J. Vogel. My man is always in the know. Uh, can't wait to get his thoughts about the topics of the day. Uh, we're going to discuss the defensive side of the ball. There's been some news. Longhorn fans probably don't think it's good news, but I think it's good news. But it affects the Texas uh, football staff, so we'll get to that. And also their welcome addition to the Texas football staff as a defensive analyst. We'll talk about that and how it affects the uh, Texas defensive Backfield. We'll talk about what we project for the uh, kind of the rotation of the defensive backfield this season. And we'll talk about some of the other transfer portal targets on the defensive side of the ball. So we're heavy defense. So I'm excited on this version of Talking Ball. CJ, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this weather to get heated back up. Let the rain clear away. I'm ready for the spring flowers to come. Let's skip all of the winter. Yeah, man, it's cold, but the man, the headlines are hot. It seems like every week there's there's something else popping. Uh, where they're talking about transfer portal for the Longhorns, recruiting for the Longhorns, uh, even the coaching staff, right? They still are uh, building the coaching staff. So that's also some other news there as well. So we got a lot to talk about. Uh, before we get started, though, we always want to thank our fantastic sponsor. Can't thank John Donovan enough, president of Longhorn Wealth Management Group, folks. He is a proud lifetime Longhorn like both of us, a Texas Texas Life member, and his wife and all six of John's siblings are also UT grads. So they're, they're legacy folks, lifetime Longhorns. It is a deep Longhorn family tradition that led John to dedicate his firm to providing total wealth management for Texas alumni, employees, family, and friends as well. John is a certified financial planner who has spent over 30 years, folks, three decades providing investment, retirement insurance, and estate planning services and solutions to all of his clients. The Longhorn Wealth team is fired up about Coach Sark's incredible start to the 2024 uh, season with both Portal and High School. School recruiting, so they likewise want to encourage everyone on the On Texas football family to let Longhorn Wealth jumpstart your 2024 financial future with a free 90-minute consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help you develop, maximize, and protect your tax-free and tax-efficient retirement income. So, folks, give John a call today. John Donovan and the Longhorn Wealth team a call at 972-707-4900. That's 972-707-4900. 4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. That's longhornwealth.net. Thank you uh, to John Donovan and the Longhorn Wealth Management Group. All right, let's get right to it. I'm excited about this news. I'm happy about it. I know a lot of Longhorn fans are not. It was uh, announced over the of the weekend that Dwayne Aquina, who was my uh, DB coach here at, at University of Texas, one of the architects of the reinvention of DBU, he will be taking the defensive coordinator role over at Arizona. So not only was he holding out uh, CJ for, uh, you know, and kind of an upgrade in the position because he was going to be relegated to an analyst role here at Texas, and we would have been lucky to have him, um, but he looks like he is going to uh, still want to get in the coaching game. Not only that, he's going to be the coordinator for Arizona. Uh, so congrats to Coach Akina. Big move for him. Uh, can't expect him to uh, be to take a analyst role or even 
think about taking down this role when he's being offered coordinator positions with the respect and the credibility that he has the street cred. I'm not shocked by it at all, CJ. I was a little surprised that he was taking an analyst role, even considering it, because I think for Coach Aquino, unless he had decided that he wanted wanted a reduced role, I mean, this is a guy that's got enough skins on the wall where um, if he wants to coach, somebody's going to give him a chance. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Yeah, I was right there with you. It felt like him coming to Texas and as an analyst was a, a dream come true for the Longhorns, you know, to get his knowledge, to get his, you know, kind of persona in the door again as an analyst would have been almost too good to be true. You know, there's someone out there should have been paying this man to be running their secondary, coaching their their their, their DBs one way or another. And Arizona clearly sees enough talent or, you know, intellect in them to go run the entire defense. So I thought it was a brilliant hire by the Wildcats out there. Uh, Brent Brennan really starting to piece his his staff together for the for Arizona. But unfortunately, that means he won't be joining the Longhorns. Yeah, and I know a lot of Longhorns were disappointed in that. And I was disappointed in that aspect, but I'm, I'm, I'm really overjoyed for Coach Akina because this means he still wants to coach. He's going to get a chance to do it with Arizona. I think Longhorn fans are a little spoiled, CJ. You know, you get Gary Patterson – as well as a special assistant to the head coach, you're talking about a Hall of Fame coach. You get Paul Christ as a you know a, a, you know an analyst as well, special assistant. So you're thinking, man, Paul Christ's guy is a former head coach, one of the best head coaches, uh, you know, in Big Ten history. He's there coaching for Texas. You go look at um, Joe man, Joe well, yeah. Yeah, Joe DiCamillis, who's coaching the NFL for, what, I don't know, three decades or whatever, yeah. coaching special teams. So I think Longhorn fans were a little spoiled thinking that, oh, man, Coach Aquino, of course he wants to come here. I think I don't, we haven't been lucky, been a little luck, but I think Texas is a great place to be. And I think coaches like Gary Patterson and coaches like Paul Chris, while they're reinventing themselves, uh, they think Texas, think of Texas as a great place to do it. So it's a credit to Sark, credit to the culture, credit to the, the Texas football community. Uh, but you're not going to get all those guys. And uh, Coach Aquino decided that he wanted to uh, be the coordinator at the University of Arizona, accepted that job. So I'm happy for him. Okay, let's talk about who Texas did decide to hire for the defensive analyst role, uh, or at least one of their analyst roles. Uh, it was announced. It kind of went under the radar. I thought it would be a bigger deal, and it wasn't. William Gay who is a 12-year NFL veteran, played uh, 12 years in the league, played 10 of those, I believe, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, had a one-year stint with Arizona, a kind of a – he had one off-season stint, kind of a practice squad stint at the end of his career with the Giants. But other than that, 
He's a Steeler through and through. Was drafted by the Steelers in the fifth round. Uh, was with Mike Tomlin, who was my former defensive back coach when I was with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So Mike Tomlin is a former DB coach and a defensive guru turned head coach. Uh, Dick LeBeau was his defensive coordinator there for years. And Dick LeBeau is known for being one of the greatest defensive minds in the history of football. So he's got a lot of knowledge that he could have siphoned from those guys uh, in the decade that he was with the Steelers. I think it's a great uh, acquisition. He did coach uh, with the Steelers as well as, with a, as a coaching intern and uh, most recently coached with at Missouri State, I believe it was. So this is a guy with a wealth of knowledge, CJ, and I think it's a savvy pickup for the Longhorns as a defensive analyst. I do too. He was with Bobby Petrino at Missouri State, so another big-time uh, coach with a lot of history and, and knowledge of the game as well. But uh, to your point about being with the Steelers for so long, I always, you know, you you, you kind of say uh, teams take the persona of their head coach. Mm. And with uh, Coach Tomlin over there at the Steelers, you're going to get a team that is up front. They're going to be physical. On the defensive side of the ball, they're going to come out and they're going to hit you in the face. And that's kind of been their MO since Coach Tomlin has taken over the reins there in Pittsburgh. Uh, to be in that system, around that culture, as long as he has. I'm sure he's got some tricks up his sleeve that he's ready to deploy for this Texas defense, which last year had an identity in the front uh, in the front seven. I think that secondary was yep. still lacking a little bit of consistency in the identity of who they were on a week-to-week -week basis. I think this is a, a hire in which you could see that identity start to be formed under uh, Coach Gay. So I think that's really encouraging. We talked about Akina and the uh, kind of the, the skins on the wall that he has. Coach Gay not necessarily having that same vault of guys that he has coached, but he has the history in, uh, of being on the field when it matters most. And I think that knowledge is going to be something that he can relate and uh, kind of trickle down to these uh, young Longhorns upon his arrival. So that's really encouraging to me. Uh, very energetic from everything that I've read behind the scenes as well. So a lot to be excited about with Coach Gay. And again, I think that identity that he can help uh, kind of instill with the Texas defensive backs is something that is very encouraging. Yeah, that's it. I like how you said that, that the front seven had an identity, but didn't seem like the secondary had their identity. Um, and I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, Sark couldn't get Coach Aquino, right? And then Coach Aquino brings you a wealth of knowledge in a lot of different ways, but you get a wealth of knowledge with a guy who played at the NFL level. And I think Sark likes having the, uh, I guess the street cred, the clout of having NFL guys on his coaching staff. Yeah. Um, it, it, it just, it, I think it does give you kind of an extra edge, not only when they're on the coaching staff and they can recruit, but even for a guy like William Gay, you know, 10 years in the league, he's seen it all. Well, 10 years with the Steelers, 11, 12 years in the league, but he's seen every, every possible concept <laughs> that, yeah. you know, you can see as a defensive back, um, he has seen so some of the issues that Texas had trouble with last season, right? You, you guys have heard me talk about them, I mean, talk about these things uh, over and over, and you're probably sick of hearing about them. But the the bad leverage, right? So something Texas corrected later on. Even PK acknowledged, yeah, we changed our leverage points a little bit later on in the season. I mean, that was something that sh should have and could have been corrected earlier for Texas to try to guard against the inside breaking routes. Um, and I think Texas was susceptible way too often to inside breaking routes as a result. This season, teams averaged almost nine yards per attempt to any inside breaking route uh, against Texas. Um, you know, bunch formation, you guys have heard me ad nauseum talk about Texas uh, having issues defending bunch formation. Uh, Texas allowed only 11 yards per attempt. 
when teams were targeting bunch formations. It goes on and on. Empty formations, Texas had issues with defending. If he's going to be involved with advanced scouting and self-scouting, by the way, some of these past defense issues, I mean, they also were troublesome to Texas in 2021. And, you know, sorry, in 2022. And in, well, actually in 2021, 22 and 23, 21, everything was an issue. But 2022, they were a little bit more buttoned up. But some of these same concepts, uh, really uh, found success versus the Texas pass defense. And that was the case last season, even though last season they were one of the best defenses in the country. So I think William Gay can come in and at least give you possible solutions, can bring, can give you options, uh, how to solve these problems or remedy these problems, better defend these concepts because he's seen them. And at least he can go, well, with Dick LeBeau and Mike Tomlin, all right, two of the best defensive minds in NFL history, they, they, they preferred to deploy these particular techniques, uh, these particular ideas, and and these particular solutions when confronted with these similar circumstances, these similar concepts. He can do that because he's advanced scouting. He'll be involved in self scouting. Yeah, I, I think you you hit the nail on the head. He's bringing the same principles that have kept the Steelers in the playoffs for what every single season. Yeah, I mean since. <laughs> Since I've been watching the NFL, the Steelers have been in the NFL uh, in the NFL playoffs. Uh, you talk about Coach Tomlin's ability to win or have a, a winning record in every single season that he's been uh, uh, an NFL head coach with Pittsburgh. It starts with that defense, and Willie, uh, Coach William Gay being with and around that culture is only going to help bring those principles and ideas to Texas, as you've mentioned. I think it's a great addition. I think this is really where you're going to start seeing some uh, some true ideas and 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 cultural identity as we've been mentioning start trickling in and that's to me as texas enters the sec you have to have that kind of approach a, a little persona and reputation of do you know what you're going to get week in and week out from a defense that's a great point like a certain brand of football that the secondary should play and yeah. i think it started to get the last two games of the regular season uh not the bowl game <laughs> uh, but against Tech and against Oklahoma State, I thought the secondary started to develop some swag. Now, could have been the competition. Could have just been, hey, Tech wasn't worthy. Oklahoma State's not worthy. Uh, but I think it was a little bit of both. I think the secondary was ascending. Now, when you face the, the, the deadliest, the most sophisticated passing game in college football with three NFL wide receivers and Michael Penix, oh. the first-round quarterback, and the best O-line in college football, well, okay. All right, then I their 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 success and the ascent that I had just talked about it wasn't really noticeable. I will admit that, but I, I think in I think you could actually quantify in those last two games against Tech and Oklahoma State where the secondary started to play better. They were more aggressive. Not a coincidence that Texas played more bump and run press coverage in those games than they had played against any team all season long. I think it also might have been the competition. They weren't afraid of them. Um, but I, we, let's talk about this secondary a little bit. And, you know, you brought up a good point about the identity. They didn't have one last year. You know, who are going to be the guys that are going to help them forge that identity this season? Right? Who? Because it's got to be the first. They like to rotate a lot of guys. So I don't think that's going to change. They're going to rotate some guys, uh, but they're still going to have their frontline guys. And, you know, we talk about the rotation of this group. Who do you envision being the guys who are in the heavy rotation in the secondary? Well, I think it's really important for Texas to get that swagger back. It's, you know, one of those things, if you're a defensive back, you got to be playing with confidence. It's a position in which, you know, you, you can't get away with a whole lot. You know, if, if your name's being called, things probably aren't going too well for you. So to be a defensive back, and you know it all too well, 
you've got to play with confidence. you got to play with swagger. I'm hopeful that's what we'll see this year. And I think it starts with Jade Barron. He's going to be the elder statesman in this group. He's going to be the guy with the most experience. Uh, Andrew Makuba coming in as well has probably the most decorated background of anybody in the secondary right now. But those are the two guys that I think you're going to start seeing kind of this identity form around. You know, I thought Jade was really impactful last year. Obviously, we talked about uh, his play around the line of scrimmage and near the box as something that Texas was very fortunate to have. I think that will trickle around the rest of the secondary group. Otherwise, there's still a, a lot of youth. You know, you look at Derek Williams. He'll be a sophomore. Malik Muhammad, he'll be a sophomore. Terrence Brooks will be in that junior phase. But again, last year was the first time that we really got to see extended work and, and, and snaps from him as well. So it's got to start with the elder guys. And I'm pointing to Jade Barron, Andrew Makuba, and I'll even throw Michael Taffy in there because he's been yeah. a true leader behind the scenes in practice every single day, a guy that does it the right way. It's got to start with those three guys and kind of work itself to the outside. But I think that's really where you'll see, you know, kind of how this Texas secondary will form what it is supposed to be and how it, you know, kind of operates amongst each other. Yeah, because you, you're losing, what, seven, I think, defensive backs total via yeah. guys declaring for the draft and guys who are leaving via the transfer portal. That's a lot in one position room. But I love what you got bring, coming back. And Jade Barron, I think you're right about him. And if I'm going to throw out on a term uh, that could really describe what the identity of this team could be, at least from a schematic uh, perspective, uh, attitude-wise, they got to declare that for themselves, what they're going to be attitude-wise, you know, how they're going to carry themselves as a defense. What's their brand of football as a defensive backfield? You know, we play an aggressive man. Uh, we're going to be the team that makes you pay for catching the football. You know, are we going to play sticky, icky coverage? Like, what's going to be your identity? Um, I think schematically, it may be versatility. Yeah. Um, today, Baron, you know, I've talked about it. I would cross-train him. Just situationally, I would want him situationally being able to move around. Makuba can play any position in secondary. Dabo Sweeney said that. He's quoted saying that. And I think if you move today, Barron to safety, and it was a quote from Gary Patterson, uh, my man Chip Brown back in the day saying, I think he has a, state, a safety skill set too. We know he can play nickel and corner. Um, and I think if you look at some of the other guys, I mean, you guys talk about Jelena McDonald all the time and how him, him being a versatile guy who's now, I believe, at safety. You say that he's at safety now? That's where they're going to put yeah. him? Yep, uh, he's at, yeah, he's at safety. We This is without even discussing Jabbar Muhammad, which I guess we'll get to here in a second, talking about the transfer portal targets. But, you know, without him, I still think the future – Terrence Brooks, I'm a big Terrence Brooks fan. I think he's a guy that should be cross-trained. I still go back to the quote of him um, at Ohio State when he said he was first recruited by Ohio State, and they said they he said they recruited him as a DB, that he wasn't just a corner, that they got him potentially playing safety corner and nickel. And the buzzword for Sark describing the secondary, a, a really new-look secondary because you lost so much. You lost a couple of starters. You lost a lot of the depth in that room. It's going to look like a whole different defensive back room um, in terms of the depth behind the front line guys. Um, he, versatility. He just talked about versatility. He kept that. That was a buzzword. He kept throwing it out there. I counted a number of times. By 11 times, he mentioned versatility, position flex, uh, three position players. I think that's where they're going. I think they – I don't know if they're going to be extreme about it. You don't need to be. But I think there are going to be a few select players who are going to be cross-trained, not only to manufacture depth, but also I think to give you a schematic uh, philosophical advantage over teams. 
who think that based on your rigidity of your defense, that they can figure out what the rules of your defense are and violate those rules, which they did often last year, late in the season. I think they want to be more malleable. They want some of those pieces to be interchangeable. And I think they're going to make life hell on quarterbacks with pre-snap reads, make life hell on receivers with sight adjustments, trying to read what the coverage can be based on the alignment of defenders. If you can be that malleable, I think that may be the next step. I'm just football theorizing here, but I, I, my hypothesis is that versatility might be the key word. I loved what you said about, are, are you going to be a secondary that allows people to come across the middle? Or are you going to be a team that's stripping the football all the time? Yeah. What, what are you going to be on a consistent basis that other teams have to be aware of when they play you? That's something that I think the Texas secondary needs to take a step up and, and really kind of form that identity, especially with five highly touted freshmen coming to campus that you're expecting yeah. to compete and be in the mix as well uh, for snaps this season and beyond. It'll, it'll continue the trend in further seasons. But to, to the point that we talked about earlier, having a swagger, Jabbar Muhammad plays with swagger. You see yeah. it all the time with his uh, his celebratory mm-hmm. move, the little box and the thumbs down. I think that's one of those things. You know, you see the guys all the time. They got the seat belt. They got the strap, whatever it is. You, yeah. you don't you don't see a whole lot of that with Texas. You know, at times if there's a big play, you don't you don't really see it. I want to see it. I, want, I love when DBs, you know, the Jalen Ramseys of the world will get up there. They'll talk their mess a little bit. But they'll go back it up. And so if, for this season, that's something I'm really looking forward to seeing. But I also wanted to, to, to mention, if Texas does not land Javar Muhammad, it's a possibility. He went to Alabama this past weekend. He's going to Oregon next week. And a, a, a commitment won't come until after that Oregon visit. Texas is still in a good position right now with their secondary yeah. and the depth. They have two guys out wide that are returning, Terrence Brooks, Malik Muhammad. They also have Gavin Holmes in the fold, someone that they're they, – they de- you know, deployed uh, very often this season as well. Texas coaching staff is very high on Warren Roberson. So for Warren Roberson to get on the field, it's just all about, you know, getting the mental side of things correct as well. So a lot going on, a lot of pieces that you can interchange, as you mentioned earlier. But now it's about finding that identity and that cultural fit that you can go out and say, this is who we are. You're not going to beat us in this game. And I cannot wait to see what kind of, uh, I guess, persona develops this spring. Man, that's brilliant. I think that's a great point. I, I I know we're getting ready to end this thing, but I when I played, we, me, my man, Nasty Nate, uh, Quentin Jammer, uh, my man, Ahmad Brooks, shout out to the crew. And I'm sure, and the youngsters carried it on when we left a little bit too. I remember we, as our celebration, we would do a leaping high five and we would try to show off our vertical. That was the whole point. We want to show how high we could jump. So we would do a leaping high five to celebrate. And damn, we got up pretty high. Like, now I don't know how, why we do. We're just tiring ourselves out. Like, dude, you, you got to play another play. You go out there doing verticals out there. You got to play another play. They might throw the ball. Got high jumps going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but to your point, though, our identity was we played sticky coverage. Like, we, we were a sticky, icky secondary. Nathan Basher might knock your damn head off. Quinn Jammer probably would knock your head off, too. But see, so we had, I, I would say we had a secondary that probably was all around, just a really good secondary coach, Akina. And he's obviously a big part of that as the architect. So you're right, though, about the brand of football and the identity. And if you don't have an identity, man, you don't have a celebration. I have your celebration ready because you know you expect success. You know you're going to get a lot of big plays, flash plays. Hey, what's going to be my celebration when I get this big play? The Texas DBs, they make, they make plays on the ball, but not enough where they expect to make them where they have a celebration ready. Yep, yep. 
That, <laughs> we, we just solve the defense. Get a celebratory move ready. You know, it, that's all it is, really. You got that swagger. You got the celebration. Hey. The plays will come, right? Look good. Yes, good okay. that's brilliant, bro. That is a brilliant take by you. It is. I, I'm not thinking. I'm like, they don't really have one. I watch these right. guys all the time. Where's your, your go-to celebration every time? Boom, boom. I know they, yeah, maybe we don't see it enough because they don't make enough plays. Maybe they do have one, but it's not easily observable and noticeable. Wow, that's good stuff. There you go. All right, before we get out of here, once again, a uh, shout-out to our friend and our sponsor, John Donovan, president of the Longhorn Wealth Management Group. I want to thank him and his fantastic team. John is a proud Texas Exes Life member, like CJ and myself, a lifetime Longhorn. His wife and six, all six of John's siblings are also UT grads, lifetime Longhorns. We're talking about a legacy here, folks, and that deep Longhorn family tradition and legacy led John to dedicate his firm to providing total wealth management for a Texas alumni employees, family, and friends. He's all about taking care of the Longhorn family. He's a certified financial planner, been doing it for over three decades, folks, 30 years. That's right, providing investment, retirement insurance, and estate planning and services and solutions to all of his clients. The Longhorn Wealth team are fired up just like we are, but Coach Sark's incredible start to the 2024 season and the 2024 year with both portal and high school recruiting. So they likewise want to encourage everyone on the On Texas football family to let Longhorn Wealth jumpstart your 2024 financial future with a free 90-minute consultation. That's right. You got nothing to lose but everything to gain. A free 90-minute consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help you develop, maximize, and protect your tax fee and tax-efficient retirement income. So please give John Donovan and his Longhorn Wealth team a call today at 972-707-4900. That's 972-707-4900 or visit Longhorn Wealth. Dot net today. Thank you to uh, John Donovan. All right, CJ, thank you for all of your expertise and that hot take, man. Celebrations, baby. It all comes down to playing with joy, playing with joy, playing with confidence. And if you play with confidence and play with joy, the celebration got to be a part of it. They got to be a part Absolutely. of it, man. All right. That's why CJ Vogel is the man, folks. That's why he's a man. So that's why we always have more talking about. Thank you, CJ, for the time. Thank you guys for uh, com coming in, listening and watching another edition of Talking Ball. We'll be back next week talking more Longhorn football. Until then, hook them. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.